0: and welcome back everyone, this is the Exxon, my name is Rob McConnell, we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, worldwide toll free 1-800-610-7035, email exxon at com on MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com, and our website com. Don't forget Exonation, Nation, you can always go and listen to our archives by simply going to exxonpodcast.com. They're there with our compliments and the compliments of the advertisers and the Exxon family. My guest this hour is Robert Lamar. We've had the pleasure of having Robert on the show many times. It's always a great pleasure speaking to him. Robert is located in Nova Scotia, Canada, and uh, Robert makes the impossible seem possible. And that's been his objective for over 30 years. Billed as a psychological illusionist, Robert combines elements from the science of psychology, the art of suggestion, and the world of deception to create effects that make it seem like he can actually tap into the hidden thoughts, or even force thoughts into the minds of his audience and members. As the opening to his stage show states, be prepared to have your reality shattered as you enter Robert Lamar's theatre of the mind his website www.robertlamar.ca that's robertlama ca. and joining me from the beautiful east coast of canada province of nova scotia is robert lamar robert welcome back to the x-zone
2: well thank you very much for having me back i really appreciate it how have you been
0: You know, if if I felt any better, I'd actually go to Queen's Park in Toronto and I'd find the Minister of Health and give her back my OHIP medical card.
2: (laughs) Well, that's good then. That's good.
0: Yes, but I forgot to say wrapped around a jar of Vaseline, but we won't get into that right now. (laughs) So how have you been and, and what's new in the world of magic?
2: What's new in the world of magic? Well, I think the the last time we talked, which was about a, a year ago, um, that was about a time that I was just deciding to to get back into performing full-time. Yeah, uh, I, I never gave it up, but I decided about 11 years ago that I, I didn't want to travel. I wanted to stay home with my kids while they were young and experience them. And now my kids have, have grown. My son graduated from high school last year. My daughter oh. is in her final year this year. So we decided last year that uh, now is the time to kind of prepare to get back into things full-time. Uh, I, I've still continued to perform over the past 11 years, but mm-hmm. it's just been uh, at my choosing, and I really didn't want to travel any great distances either. So just looking forward to getting back into doing what I am. Uh,
0: t- tell me, Robert, if I was to ask you your one of your children what it was like having a magician for a father, what would they say, or an illusionist?
2: It's it's funny when they were when they were younger. Mm-hmm. I think they thought it was really cool, and of course, when their friends would come over to play, yeah. uh, they always wanted to see see magic. Yeah. But when they got older, I kind of got the uh, you know the the eyes looking up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, Dad, please. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. But they, they both
2: actually when they were younger they, they had a real interest in magic, and mm-hmm. they they both had performed some shows. Uh, j- just doing one or two tricks at, uh, at various events, and they only did it each a couple times. But the interest never stayed with them, and I certainly never forced it upon them. And, and to this day, neither of them actually uh, actually do any magic.
0: Wow. You know, come allowance day, did you always take the quarters out of their ears, or did you actually go into the wallet?
2: No. No, I, I would have got that look. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, Robert, it's great having you with us uh, back here in the Exxon after such a long time. Stand by. You and I have to take a two minute commercial break. When we come back to Nation, we're going to be delving into the magic of Robert Lamar. Once again, his website is www.robertlamar.ca. ca. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And Robert and I will be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as we continue from eastern Canada, but not as far east as Robert is. We're in Ontario, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We'll be back. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, the Science of Magic with gwilde wiaka Sense this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. And welcome back, everyone. Robert Lamar is my guest, www.robertlamar.ca. And, and Robert, how long have you been involved, been involved in the Conjuring Arts, and how did you get started?
2: Oh, it's actually coming up to, um, I guess, in total, it's actually over 40 years. Wow. Uh, I was first introduced to it when I was, uh, when I was five. I don't think my story is any different than uh, than a lot of people that are in this particular art form. Mm-hmm. But I had a friend of mine's father that made a coin disappear, and he found it behind my ear. And I subsequently found out that uh, he was not a magician, and he knew no sleight of hand, so I'm sure what he did was something really simple. But the thing was that it fooled me, and it really captured my imagination. And it just so happened that year... They mm-hmm. they were advertising on television two products. It was a TV magic kit and TV magic cards. And uh, I can still remember the commercial for the TV magic cards. It was just uh, a pair of hands that filled the TV screen. Of course, this was back. It was black and white, mm-hmm. and it was holding. The hands were holding a, a deck of playing cards with the face of the cards facing towards the viewers at home, and they simply flipped through the cards to show that all the cards were different, and the face card was the Ace of Spades. Well, they gathered up the cards, they flipped through the cards a second time, and then all the cards had magically turned to the Ace of Spades. And that Christmas, I had received both the magic kit and the magic cards, probably like tens of thousands of other youngsters throughout North America. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only difference is, is that my Magic kit and magic cards didn't end up under my bed or in my closet or or thrown in my dresser somewhere after a period of time, but I actually, you know, played with them, tried to learn the tricks, and the interest kind of developed from there.
0: Wow. You and I have talked before, and uh, you actually worked with the Great Ravine.
2: Haven't worked with him. Oh, or mentored uh, by him? He
0: was your inspiration?
2: Oh, very much so. Yeah, I, I saw Ravine when I was 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were living in, in Moncton, New Brunswick, which is also on the east coast of yeah. Canada.
4: Beautiful place. And
2: uh, I, saw, I saw Ravine's concert. And for those that may not know who Ravine is, uh, Ravine originally hails from Australia. Uh, and he had a stage hypnosis show that was unlike any other type of show along that line that had ever been seen before, especially yeah. uh, here. And he was very, very successful in Canada. In fact, he was a household name, and he toured successfully for 35 years. And it would take him two years to do the Canadian circuit because he was in such demand. Uh, For example, when he came to Halifax, uh, we have a uh, kind of a, a, I guess, a small to medium-sized theater. It's it's about 1,041 seats. Mm -hmm. And he would sell that out two and a half weeks to three weeks solid. Wow. And that was every single time he came here. And this is just one theater out of, you know, how many that are in Canada. And when I first saw him at twelve, it just it just blew me away. Now, I had been involved in magic for what about I guess seven years up to that point in time. And I'd never seen anything like what he was doing. And I was really interested. And I'd gone to school the next day in the library to see if there was any books at all on hypnosis. They did have one book, but I couldn't understand at all, but it was just over my head. It was just, it was too, uh, too complex at that point in time. So my interest kind of waned in that area.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we moved to Halifax, where, where I presently reside. And I saw him again. Now this was back and I was in high school. And that time when I saw him, I just fell in love with, well, with his persona on stage, with what he was doing, that type of show. And uh, again, made a trip to the library, uh, found a couple books on the, on the topic, was able to understand what was being said, and basically started practicing on my friends. and uh, it, it kind of went from there. so it it was a it, it was a hobby for it was a hobby for a long time mm-hmm. um, until I
4: took it seriously,
2: which wasn't back mid 90s
0: um, we seem to be having a problem uh, with your audio, um, Robert. Are you still there? What?
2: Yeah, I'm still here. Just let me. Uh... Okay. Oh, sorry. No, that was a, that was a call that was coming in. My apologies.
0: Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, why do you think so many people are interested in the the kind of show that Ravine had had made so popular?
2: Well, I think a, a big part of it, number one, was was just the man himself. I mean, if if you don't have a strong entertainer, Mm it doesn't matter what the show is, people aren't going to be as engrossed. And and, and he was a phenomenal showman. Um, Having said that, though, the type of show is one where Ravine himself really isn't the star of the show. He's he's more or less the director. And through suggestion, he creates various scenes with with the volunteers. So the stars of the show are actually the volunteers in the audience that are participating in the show itself. And the people in the audience that are watching, they see their friends, they see their family members, perhaps their neighbors or what have you, up on stage. And it just makes the show very, very unique in that sense. There's, there's really no other type of show that, that's like it. The closest would be, uh, might be an improv type show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. but other than that, there's really not another show like a, like a stage hypnosis show. And, and Ravine, as a performer, was just very, very strong, very strong showman.
0: Now, how did you also develop your interest into the paranormal? Was this a natural spur-off from magic?
2: Very much so. Um, scholastic books, which is still in existence mm-hmm. to this day, um, back when I was in school, I was always allowed to order one book a month when that flyer came out. Oh, gosh, and I, was yeah. just, I just gravitated towards books that dealt with ghost stories. And I, in fact, I still have a couple of the books uh, from them. I have quite a library at home here, and I think one of the books, if I remember correctly, is called Monsters Among Us, and I don't recall the author, but uh, there was a section in the middle that had uh, a number of black and white photographs, and I was just always fascinated at looking at you know, whether it was an alien, a supposed, you know, a supposed alien, or, or a monster, or a UFO, or what have you, and always wondered, you know, is that stuff real? Like, it would be so cool if it was real. And of course, um, uh, with Harry Houdini being as popular as he is in magic, mm-hmm. I mean, he he, he spent the latter part of his career really looking into this whole area, and particularly with uh, dealing with spiritualists. Uh, so it, it was just a, it, it was a natural progression. And when I was introduced actually to your show um, back a number of years ago, a friend of mine had mentioned that uh, you know your show was on one of our local radio stations. I couldn't believe it, and I was just I was just hooked. I was fascinated wow. with listening to the, uh, the callers. And in all fairness, I tend not to believe in a lot of what people are saying or claims that they're making, but uh, I, I still have, a, to this day, I am just have a huge interest and I'm vastly fascinated with the subject matter.
0: So would you say you're a believer or a skeptic?
2: No, definitely, definitely a skeptic. Um, and I know that that's a thorn in the side of a lot of people. But I, I just I don't believe things just because mm-hmm. somebody says that they may have had of an experience or they may have seen something. Now, I don't say that they didn't experience something or they didn't see something, but I would just I would question exactly what they experienced or what they've seen. Um, you know in 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 the years that have passed here in the past hundred and fifty years or so, uh, especially with, with psychic research, mm-hmm. there really hasn't been yet any solid evidence for the existence of, of such abilities. Now, does it mean that the abilities don't exist? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that there hasn't really been any concrete evidence of such. But, you know, I, I think it's still worthwhile, you know, looking and, yeah. and experimenting, using the scientific method to see if these things exist. It is and case is... in point, going back to your... Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to ask you is there a connection between the paranormal and magic?
2: Well, definitely. There's, there's a realm in magic which is known as, technically, we call mentalism. Mm-hmm. And within mentalism, it is a form of magic, but most mentalists will never use the word magic. But what it is, it's, it's a field where everything that is done, it makes it appear that the performer is reading a person's mind or performing other psychic abilities like telekinesis, teleportation, etc. Now what they're utilizing are tricks and that's a big debate within the magic community. Uh, Some mentalists when they perform they kind of make the overt claim that what they're doing is genuine and some people feel that's crossing the line Whereas there's other mentalists that go to the other extreme, and they, they say right out front that what they do, there's no psychic ability whatsoever. Everything they're doing, it's, you know, it, it, it can be easily explained um, through you know, tricks that are based in science and deception, mm-hmm. and what have you. Um, so it, it depends where you fall within that spectrum. Uh, probably going to the other extreme of somebody that's claiming that what they were doing was real, a good example, a real life example would, would be Uri Geller from back in the 70s. He caused quite a stir in in the world with his his supposed abilities. What's interesting is just in the past couple of years he's been hinting at that what he's been doing over the years has actually just been just been tricks. Wow. And what people don't realize is that he was actually a magician in Israel before he had, uh, before he had left. He actually did magic shows.
0: Interesting. Really interesting. Um, I, you know what? I, I don't think there are a lot of people who actually, besides yourself, Robert, uh, that I've talked to who make a connection between the both.
2: Well, it's just, uh, it's, it's, Doug Henning had a great way of explaining what magic is. He said, uh, you know, magic is making the impossible seem possible, making the unreal seem real, making the improbable seem probable. Yeah. And that's that's what magic is. So if, if we delve into, for example, um, let well, say ghosts, back at the turn of the century, ghost shows were very, very popular uh, in the days of vaudeville, where magicians on stage would actually try to recreate a ghost appearing on stage. Mm-hmm. So there, there's just a, an automatic tie-in. Um, that's where uh, the routine, which is called second sight or, or mind reading, that came from uh, back in the 1800s when people were actually, first of all, claiming they could read people's minds, and that's when the study of, of telepathy began as well.
0: All right, Robert, stand there by, my time? friend. You and I have to take our commercial and uh, we'll be back after the news my special guest this hour is robert lamar and uh, his website is www.robertlamar.ca my name is rob mcconnell this is the Exxon. whatever you do don't go away we'll be right back since this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. By phone is Robert Lamar. His website is www.robertlamar.ca And Robert, before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about magic, the paranormal, and vaudeville. Why do you, you know, what was the catalyst for the what seems to be a sudden surge in the quest of the paranormal at that time
2: i think one of the biggest things was the um, well spiritualism really really grew out of the out of the 1800s into mm-hmm. the uh, into the turn of the century into the 1900s a uh, big reason for that is at the end of world war 1 there were a lot of people that lost loved ones during that war right and Spiritualists kind of cropped up, making claims that they could actually communicate with these loved ones. So people would actually flock to seances to have that, that opportunity mm. to communicate once again with, with the person they love, be it, you know, a husband, brother, son, wife, daughter, what have you. And that's really where it all started. And that's also where Harry Houdini got involved with the movement as well. Because he was on his way, uh, him and his wife were on his way to England. They were on a boat, and he hated sailing. He was sick the whole way, uh, uh, the whole way there. Mm-hmm. But he discovered that his mother had passed away. And he was very, very close to his mother. I right. mean, some would argue too close to his mother. Well, and
0: look at Elvis Presley. Really, he was pretty close yeah. with his mother, too.
2: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he was devastated. And they canceled the, the, the tour, mm-hmm. he headed back home, and he ended up going to a, a spiritualist himself, to a seance, because he wanted to communicate with his mother one last time. Yeah. And during the seance, what he discovered was the message that his mother had sent him was in English, and she did not speak a word of English. And, and right away, that, that sent red flags uh, in, in his mind. Add to that... Uh, in a seance, of course, it takes place in the dark, and there would be yes. uh, different events that would happen, spiritual events. And he quickly realized that everything that was taking place it was just it was just uh, it was a fraud, it was trickery. And that really angered him. And it angered him that people would actually uh, profit off somebody's grief. And that became his lifelong ambition for the last half of his career to expose these these fake, fraudulent mediums.
0: It seems that he didn't have very good luck in exposing them all because we still have those 1-900 psychic lines that are operating. And, uh, you know, as I've said before, telling uh, fortunes for a consideration here in Canada is in violation of the Criminal Code of Canada. It's a summary conviction. But still, nobody pays attention to it.
2: No, it's, it's not enforced. It's not enforced at all. I mean, uh, Harry Houdini even went to, uh, went to Congress mm-hmm. to try to uh, enact a law, and he did demonstrations. There's actually some really cool pictures of him uh, within Congress where he's doing demonstrations of what actually takes place in the seance. But despite, despite his efforts, um, you know. Now, the, the difference today is there's nobody that's really doing seances other than for entertainment purposes, but the seances now come out of the dark and into the light, and this is where you have channeling. Uh, um, you know, where you have somebody that apparently is uh, letting a spirit, you know, 35,000-year-old Indian spirit speak through them. Well, how, how can you, you know, how can you really disprove that? So, so Very it, convenient.
0: Is there one area of the paranormal that intrigues you more than the other? And is there one area of the paranormal that really upsets you?
2: Well, I've, I've always been fascinated with 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 ghosts. Mm-hmm. I, I think ghosts are are really cool. I mean, it would be really neat to to experience um, a spiritual being if if they do exist. I, I've never had such an experience myself, and I've always been fascinated with with psychics. And as we talked about, I mean, that ties in closely with magic. Yeah, the area that really burns me a lot it, it's it's kind of close to to the, the psychic realm. But it's televangelists and, in particular, faith healers. Oh, yeah. To me, that is the lowest form that is extant today. I mean, anybody that has money from people and mm-hmm. claim to heal them. It's just, I, I just, I find it pathetic and abhorrent. I, I, it just, it amazes me.
0: But what does that tell you about society when you have these people who are actually going out to find these charlatans and hand over their hand over their money, hand over fist?
2: Yeah, well, I, I, I don't blame them. I blame the perpetrators themselves. Um, you know, people want to believe, and... As a magician, I mean, I am know smarter, or mm-hmm. magicians aren't any smarter than anybody else in the world. But we certainly do look at the world a little bit differently, because we're trained in the art of deception. We know how to fool people, and we know how people can be fooled and how people can be deceived. And any time <laughs> I say that, you know, I can never be fooled or I could never fall for, yeah. you know, a deception or a fraud or what have you, just to myself, I laugh. Because anybody, including myself, under the right circumstances, under the right situation, can actually fall for deception. And if you're having a lot of problems in your life, if you've got really nobody to turn to, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have constant pain or what have you, and here's somebody saying that, you know, for a gift, I can heal you. And for people that, that do believe in, you know, in, in, in God or, or what have you, or the spiritual realm, and they believe that that's, this, this individual actually is able to communicate with God, and through this person, God will actually heal them. Well, I mean, that's, that's a strong you know, it's a strong attraction, and I can understand why people do that. But it's, it's so sad. It is so, so sad. And how these people are allowed to do what they do, it just boggles my mind.
0: If you could experience or have proven to you one paranormal experience, Robert, what would that be?
2: Oh, I'd, uh, I think I'd really like to be able to, to move objects with the, with the power of my mind. That would be cool. You could have a lot of fun with people, <laughs> actually, do that. If there were no threads or wires mm-hmm. or magnets involved, you could actually just just move anything with your mind. I think that'd be pretty awesome.
0: Now, I understand that you have a program called Skeptrix. Now, what exactly is that?
2: Skeptrix is an idea that I had a couple years ago, and it's it's kind of a a work in progress, and and I I have had the the benefit of presenting it uh, on a number of occasions. Mm -hmm. But what I do is, is I help to teach people how to either improve their critical thinking skills or teach them how to develop critical thinking skills by showing them how to think like a magician. And again, like I said, you know, as magicians, we're, we're not necessarily any smarter or any brighter than anybody else, but we do look at the world differently. And because we are trained in deception, we would tend to look at, let's say, a phenomenon a little bit differently. So rather than accept something that is presented to us right away what we should do is we should critically analyze what we see what we hear what mm-hmm. we experience to see whether or not it is something we're talking about the paranormal here in this case whether it is something that is of a paranormal nature or perhaps it's something that has more of a, a logical explanation and since magic is a great tool to entertain people it's also a great tool to teach people and by utilizing some of the tools of the magician it's just a great way of you know, imparting uh, a few skill sets to, to show people how to, how to think just a little bit more critically in their day-to-day lives.
0: You know, we're, we're about a month away from Halloween, and does uh, that day seem as significant by magicians as it is for the rest of society? Does that hold a special meaning to you?
2: Well, it's, uh, it's kind of considered the, the holiday uh, for magicians. Uh, The big reason being, not not just because there's an association with ghosts and witches and and trickery and what have you, Mm -hmm. but uh, probably the biggest reason is that's the day, ironically enough, that Harry Houdini died. Uh, It'll be 86 years ago uh, this coming Halloween. And, uh, you know, Houdini has had such a strong impact on the world of magic. I mean, if you go out onto the street and just ask the average individual Mm -hmm. to name, let's say, five magicians, they'd be hard-pressed. But you could could be guaranteed that one they would probably name would be Houdini. Even though, ironically enough, uh, Houdini wasn't all that talented of a magician. He was a great escape artist. But his magic was, eh, it it was so-so. It was okay, but it wasn't anything great. But he's he's associated as being a magician.
0: All right. In, In your opinion, who is the greatest magician of all times?
2: Oh boy that's <laughs> i don't know if i could really ever name just one because like most fields mm-hmm. there there are different areas um i mean if you go back in history uh, jean-eugène robert houdin a french magician and houdin is that houdini got his name from he just added an i to the end of houdin's name to come up with houdini um he's considered the father of modern magic what he did was he was a magician that up to that point in time when magicians performed they always they looked like wizards they mm-hmm. wore the the robes the flowing robes the conical hats and what have you and they always held a magic wand and again they 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 were for all intents and purposes a wizard. What uh, Robert Houdin did was he actually came out he designed a show where he was dressed just the way the audience were, was dressed. In, like a, in, in the suits that they wore back in the 1800s, yeah. and he had a top hat. And leading from Robert Houdin, what you saw were magicians starting to, they, they got rid of the robes, uh, they started wearing the evening dress, and they would add to that typically the top hat, sometimes gloves, a walking stick, and even a cape. And Mandrake, the, the cartoon, that kind of made that whole image of a magician popular. Um, Another iconic magician, I would say, would be Doug Henning, a fellow Canadian. Uh, What he did was, when he stepped out onto the stage, he did not look anything like a magician at all. I mean, here you had this skinny kid that looked like a hippie. He had long, flowing, curly hair, Mm -hmm. mustache, skin-tight blue jeans, Converse sneakers, and a rainbow tie-dyed (laughs) T-shirt. And he came out and he did magic. And, of course, his, his, his whole persona was, you know, the, the wonder of magic. And it was really exciting. It was almost like he was amazed. It appeared as if he was as amazed with the magic as the audience was. So that really gave a whole different approach to magic. And what you saw is that magicians quickly stopped wearing, not all, but a number of magicians stopped wearing the, uh, you know, the tuxedos and what have you and just started dressing a little bit more casually. And then, of course, uh, David Copperfield, who just you know presents an unbelievable theatrical performance with with his shows. Uh, you know, very dramatic. Does a lot with music. Does a lot with light. I mean, it's almost like attending yeah. a rock concert when you see when you see him perform. What it, about Creskin? So it, it's really difficult to say. What about the great Sorry?
0: Kreskin? Creskin. Creskin,
2: yeah. yeah. Actually, I just saw him for the first time just a couple of years ago. He was down in Halifax here. Um, Kreskin is an individual, and we talked about this earlier. He would not claim that he's a magician. Uh, he does claim, though, that he has an interest in magic and it's a hobby of his. But but what he does does ultimately is he he does magic tricks, but it's under the realm of mentalism. And uh, he picked up. There was a gentleman before him by the name of Joseph Dunninger right. that was very famous uh, in the early part of the night uh, of, of the last century. Uh, he, was, he had a very popular radio program, and he also had a television show when television first, uh, first started, and Kreskin pretty much does Joseph Dunninger's act. In fact, there was, there was uh, um, quite a tirade that, that Dunninger threw at Kreskin because he basically accused him of stealing his entire show. And that's up for debate because there certainly is a lot of similarities. Really, <laughs> to the performances.
0: Yeah, I, I used to watch Kreskin when he had his TV show, going back to the early days of television. And uh, he used to build himself as the build himself up as the man with the X-ray eyes.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. There's there's actually been a couple people. Um, there, there's an Indian magician by the name of Kuda Bucks that just died a couple years ago, and he really made that act famous. The man with the X-ray eyes. He would. Uh, there'd be coins that would be placed on his eyes that would be taped into place, and they take big wads of pizza dough or bread dough and attach that to cover his eye sockets, and then that would be bandaged up. And I mean, his whole head would be entirely covered, and then he would do some amazing things. You know, whether it be uh, driving through busy streets mm-hmm. or discerning objects that that people were holding in their hands or what have you. Um, as amazing as it is to watch. You know, again, bottom line, it's still a trick.
0: All right, Robert, stand there, there by. A... You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation. Robert Lamar is our guest. www.robertlamar.ca That's robertlama ca, And he is the gentleman behind Robert Lamar's Theater of the Mind. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, and uh, Robert and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. Don't go away.
1: This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network. Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
3: Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good To Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. Sandy offers private Tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com.
0: on Nation um, I guess this hour, is Robert Lamar. And uh, he makes the impossible seem possible. He's been uh, doing this for over 30 years. He's billed as a psychological illusionist. He combines elements from the science of psychology, the art of suggestion, and the world of deception to create effects that seem like he can actually tap into the hidden thoughts or even force thoughts into the minds of his audience members. As the opening of his stage show states... Be prepared to have your reality shattered as you enter Robert Lamar's Theater of the Mind. First of all, Robert, thanks very much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you. Um, What lies ahead in the world of the man who puts stuff in people's minds? Maybe we should send you to Ottawa to stand outside the Parliament buildings and then loan you to the Americans to stand outside of uh, the, the, um, the Capitol buildings.
2: Okay, just realize I'm a magician, not a miracle worker. Oh, There's, sorry, sorry difference.
0: about that. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. So, so what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be taking your road, your show back on the road, or are you going to be getting out there and and just mesmerizing people?
2: Yeah. No, we're um, we we have a we have a stage show as you mentioned called Theater of the Mind, yeah. which which we developed back in 1995. Uh, we have been presenting it ever since. We actually have four different shows that fall under that. Uh, that particular moniker mm-hmm. and we were all set to kind of tour with the show that that was our our goal back then and I think it was around 2001 or so I decided to uh, to step away as I mentioned so I could stay home with the kids yeah. um, although we continued to perform it was just I, I would make a day trip but I, I wouldn't travel for any length of time and uh, that's what we're gearing up to do at this at this present time and I'm, I'm so looking forward to it you know I, just I... love
0: when when people talk oh, about yeah, magic these the magic. days you, you know you you think of uh, the big vegas shows uh, like Penn and Teller are, are they are they good for magic
2: oh definitely definitely i mean there, there's a, there there are there's quite a few magicians that don't like them and feel that they're ruining magic because they expose how how magic is performed yeah but they just they don't understand what Penn and Teller do um, anything that Penn and Teller exposes is the stuff that they've kind of create it themselves, mm-hmm. but they'll still end up fooling people because they kind of use that as a means of, of deception or misdirection to still create an effect. So, no, I mean, they, they did have Boys of Magic a number of years ago for that very reason, but no, I, I think they're great. Now, they're not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, some people like them and some people won't, but you can say that about you know, with, with any entertainer.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, one quick question, Chris Angel. How would you rate him? Yes. Illusionist, magician, fraud, actor, entertainer? Or all of the above?
2: Yes. <laughs> all of the above. Um, he, he's actually caused quite a stir within the magic community. Um, he's a very polarizing figure. Yeah. Some people really like him and some people don't. Hey, he's selling tickets and people are coming out to watch him.
0: So know? there you so, go. Um, Ro- Robert, I, you, and I, I s- in- you and I have to say so long for tonight because our time is up. I do want to thank you so much for joining us. All right. And Exonation. Nation. Well, his, thank you. I really appreciate his, it. Robert Lamar's website is www.robertlamar.ca, www.robertlamar.ca. And watch out for his theater of the mind coming to a city town venue near you i'll be back on the other side of this commercial break at six and a half minutes past the hour as the exome continues with yours truly rob mcconnell whatever you do don't go away we'll be right back